God is always redeeming the time. It's whether or not we want to be a part of his story of redemption or not. And as you watch that video, one of the things that I know is that we stand in line with generations of people who understood what it meant to be redeemed by Jesus, to be saved by Jesus. And then not just to be saved, but to do something about it, to be a part of God's story of redemption. That's who we are as a church. That's what we celebrate today. And honestly, I don't want you to miss that during Christmas because Christmas, uh, it can be about everything else. Um, I know it gets busy. It gets stressful. Um, it can be one of those moments where um, you like Christ, but you don't like Christ must, right? It can be one of those times of life where um, everything else takes over. But when you pause and you remember that even Christmas is about God's redemption, even Christmas is a story of redemption. It's about God redeeming the time. God redeeming his people. And honestly, that's us. God redeeming you and I. This story of redemption is important. Redemption, by the way, is a theme that goes through everything in society. I mean, it reminds me, quite frankly, of a lot of television that we watch today and some of our favorite movies. Um, I have children, and one of the things they like to watch is The Lion King. Have you ever watched The Lion King? You know that moment where uh, Rafiki, the baboon, holds up, you know, uh, Simba, the little lion, right? And he holds him up, and everybody um, has this moment of applause. Why? Because Simba is a picture of what? Redemption. Um, a lot of you, you stayed out late uh, last night to watch um, this latest Spider-Man thing that's out, right? Um, yeah, it doesn't matter what variant's out there. You're going to do what you want to do. And the theaters were full yesterday of people watching uh, Spider-Man. Why, why did everybody want to go see Spider-Man? Um, story of redemption, right? Um, you think about the whole Marvel metaverse now. It's not the Marvel universe. It's the Marvel metaverse, right? As you go and look at all that, why is that so fascinating to people in this generation? Redemption. When you think about the stories in your life, what do you hold on to? You hold on to stories where you came through something challenging, difficult. You came out on the other side better. What is that a picture of? Redemption. It is a theme of humanity. The funny thing about it is, though, um, in every religion, there's this theme of redemption. There's this current culture theme of redemption. But God's the one who created it. God's the one who made it. Before there was a Thor, right? A Spider-Man, a Simba. Before there were these other world religions. When you go back through Scripture, what you're going to find every time in the greatest book ever written is that God had a plan and a purpose of redemption since the beginning of time. And the choice is ours. Not only for those in the room today, but for you online. The choice is ours. Will we surrender and be a part of God's plan of redemption? Or are we going to try to fill the role of Redeemer? A role that only one could. See, today when we look at Scripture, this next part of the Christmas story, here's what we're going to realize. There is only one Savior who can redeem your life. There's only one. Um, he's not television. He's not Hollywood. He's God. He had the story of redemption before anybody else could copyright it. He's Jesus. And he is the one 
who brings us redemption. If you're taking notes today, I encourage you to write this down as well as this part of the Christmas story that we will read together from the Gospel of Luke. But there's only one Savior, only one, who can redeem your time. His name is Jesus. That's His name. He is God's only Son. He is Christ the Lord. And the Bible says this in Luke chapter 2, verse 9. An angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David... There has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men, among women, among people with whom God is pleased. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and they found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. When they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary, perhaps one of my favorite verses of the entire Christmas story, Mary, what did she do? She treasured all these things, pondering them, holding on to them, treasuring them in her heart. Let me pray for us as we look at this passage today in preparation for our act of worship in a moment. God, I thank you for your children, that you are a God who chooses to redeem us. Thank you for those here today in the room and those in our online family. You are a God who chooses to redeem. Thank you for being a God who redeems the time and who proved it by sending the best gift ever. Your Son, Jesus, Christ the Lord, to save us, your people. We thank you for him today in this moment, in Jesus' name. Amen. You see, in all the stories of redemption that you will have ever read, heard, or watched, there is only one that God determined who could be the Savior who would redeem your time. His name is Jesus. He is given the title, Christ the Lord. And when I look at this story, when I look at this moment for us in history, because this is our moment in history, overcoming challenges of the past, looking forward to God's redemption in the future. As we stand at this moment, this Christmas, in this year, I'm keenly aware, and I hope that you are as well, as you walk into this week and the experiences that lead to Christmas Day, that there is only 
one Savior who can redeem your time. His name is Jesus. He is God's only Son. And He is Christ the Lord. Over the last couple of weeks, we have looked at the prophecies related to Jesus from Isaiah chapter 7, from Isaiah chapter 9. And there are names that are given to Jesus 740 plus years prior to his birth, prior to the moment that we read just a moment ago. And those prophecies said that he will be the wonderful counselor. In other words, he's supernaturally present in our lives at all times. He is mighty God. Mighty God. He's not just human. He is mighty in all things. He is above and powerful above all things because He is God. He is the everlasting Father. He is the one who was there in the beginning before time. He is the one who is present now. And He is the one who will be there when it all wraps up. He's the everlasting Father. That's who Jesus is and was. And He is the Prince of Peace. He is the answer to... The needs of people in this world today. He is the prince, the author, the one who brings God's will of peace to earth. He's given another name, Emmanuel, who means he's never far away. He's always with us. He's always close. He's always there. He's not a God who is distant. He is present for all of his children. And then when you fast forward to the gospel of Luke chapter 2, as we read, who is this child who was born? He is God's only son, given the name Jesus, Christ the Lord. When I look at this story, there are a few things that I I believe are important for us this week as we think about how God is always active redeeming the time, how God is a God who desires to redeem the brokenness of our lives, to bring good out of very challenging situations and to move us ahead with things that are right with his children, right in our world, right within you as people of faith. When I look at this story, there are things that are right about this story. There are things that I can value to know that God is busy redeeming my life, busy redeeming your life, busy redeeming our lives. God is a God who redeems our time. The first thing that stands out is as the angels spoke to the shepherds, this is what they told them. And there are three statements that I encourage you. I want you to write these down. Because as you think about your life and Jesus redeeming your life, you personally, your household, you and your family, and those around you, how God is a God who desires to redeem your life and those around you. The news of Christ's birth was this. First and foremost, good news. Good news what? Of great joy. Good news of great joy for who? For all. That is the message of God's redemption, is that God has good news for you. The word good news there in the scripture is the word in Greek gospel or euangelion in the Greek. And that's what it says. What is the euangelion? It is the good news that God loves his people and that he would rescue them when they could not rescue themselves. Back to the names of Christ. Why these divine names? Because only a divine Savior can rescue people. Only a divine Savior can bring about the miracle of salvation within those who are broken. And we don't have to feel that we're broken. Or we don't think that we may be broken. But we're broken. 
How do we know we're broken? Just look at the world. Even now, as you look at the world, how much good news do you read, do you see, do you get in your news feed? But yet, what do we long for as people? What are all the stories of redemption about? They're from this place where people just want to feel and see and hear something good. The best news that ever happened was the birth of a Savior, a divine Savior who would be the euangelion, the good news of the gospel, the gospel that God loved people so much that he would send his only begotten. Monogenes is what the word is, only begotten. It means he's one of a kind. He's not like any other. That God would send his monogenes son, his son that is different than anyone else who was ever born or would ever be born. He is the unique, one-of-a-kind Savior, Christ the Lord, born to rescue his people. That is the good news of the gospel. That good news brought to people was to elicit great joy. And Christmas is a season where I encourage you to focus on the joy that you have before you. If we look at our circumstances, if we look at perhaps our world, there might be a challenge to find joy this Christmas within your heart, maybe within your home, maybe within some of the circumstances that you're facing. But listen, my friend, the good news of the Savior is the joy within you. The joy that comes to God's people in the midst of their world is a joy that is not like the happiness of the world, which is fleeting. It comes for a moment and it disappears. It's like a brand new gift that you get one day and then it breaks the next and then you're upset. That's temporary. Joy is the abiding presence of God within you. God with us. Emmanuel, Jesus the Savior. And knowing Him means that you have the joy of knowing you will never be abandoned, never left alone. You are a child of God by faith in a Savior who's always with you. When others don't stand with you, when you go through a moment of heartbreak or loss or grieving or difficulty, it is the presence of the Savior that loves you within, that holds you forever because of your faith. That is where real joy and meaning comes from. And who is that given to? Only a select group? What's funny is throughout history, if you look at any of the stories of redemption, or quite frankly, most of the other stories given through other religious opportunities of redemption, that story is limited to those who have special knowledge, special powers, special abilities. It's limited. <laughs> Jesus was born for all. Behold, today in the city of David, there will be born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. He brings them good news of great joy for all people. And the only people that miss out on the good news of great joy that was given to this earth, the best gift for all people, are those who simply reject the gift. Wow. Wow. Can you fathom that to receive the opportunity to embrace and be embraced by the best gift, the Savior Christ the Lord, and to simply say, no, thank you, I don't want the gift. I don't want the present. It's not because that special people are the only people that get saved. No, it's because the people who get saved are people who say, Jesus, thank you for the gift. Jesus, thank you 
for being the one to save me, redeem me. This was the good news that the angels told the shepherds. And the shepherds were given the titles, the other names for Christ. So we looked at so far five, but the second thing from this story that stands out are some other specific names given to the Savior that we worship today. And that my prayer in your homes and in your traditions that you will take some time this week prior to Christmas to acknowledge as well. Here are the titles they gave to Jesus. For today is born to you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Three more names given to this child who was born, given to Christ a Savior who is Christ the Lord. A Savior is someone who rescues you when you cannot rescue yourselves. It would be like if you were drowning and someone jumped in and pulled you from this flood of overwhelming darkness and they saved your life. Well, Jesus is the one who came to the darkness and he shined the light of God's love to rescue anyone who would receive it. Jesus is the one who saves us, not just for eternity. I think that's perhaps one of the greatest challenges for the church of today. For many Christians across the world is that we embrace a salvation of eternity. But we don't always embrace a salvation of right now. And Jesus didn't just come to save your soul forever. He came to save your life today. He came to make a difference in the way that we approach our world and we approach one another. In the way that we live today. He is a savior not just for eternity. That's the easy part. And if that's all God desired for his children, well, he would save us all by faith and he would call us all home for heaven and he'd roll up the rest. <laughs> but that's not what he does. He doesn't just save you so that we, you, I, us, that we get a free ticket to heaven. No, he saves us so that we would make a difference now. So that we would experience the presence, the peace, and the power of God within our hearts through accepting Christ as our Savior today. And perhaps you're here and you haven't genuinely asked Jesus to be your Savior. How would you know that? Well, when you look at the direction of your heart and the direction of your life, is there a humility there to say, Jesus, you're a Savior? Not just a suggestion. Not just a hope for the future, but Jesus, genuinely, you're a Savior for me today. Someone that can help me navigate the desires of the flesh that are pulled toward the world all the time, the challenges of life that come against me, that pull me in ways away from you. Jesus, you're a savior of not only my soul, but of my heart today, my mind today, and my strength, my body today. Jesus, you're a real savior. That's who he was announced to be. And he was announced to be the Christ, a savior who is Christ. Why was that title important? Christ was the promised Messiah of Isaiah chapter 7, of Isaiah chapter 9, of 700 years. Christ was a Messiah. He was a promised fulfillment of the lineage of the people of God dating back not only to King David, but if you read the Gospel of Matthew, that date all the way back to the beginning of time. And in the beginning of time, there's a story that was told of the fall of humanity. The fall of humanity by choosing their way instead of God's way. And in that story early on in the book of Genesis, that story of redemption is told early on. And what's the redemption? That humanity who had fallen by choosing their own way would be redeemed by the seed of a woman. And the seed of the woman would strike the head of the serpent. And the seed of the woman, the woman and the man who had fallen according to sin would be covered by a sacrifice of an innocent one, 
to cover and take away their sin. Do you see the picture? And therefore, when the angel said, Today has been born for you, for you, for you, is a Savior who is Christ. Only Christ can redeem. <laughs> I can't redeem myself. doesn't matter physically how hard I try, mentally how much I try to sort through it. It doesn't matter financially how much I try to work through the problem. I cannot redeem myself. You cannot redeem yourself. We cannot redeem ourselves. But a Savior who is God's Christ, now He can redeem. And He has more ability, more power supernaturally than anything that any Hollywood studio could make up. He's a real Savior, Christ, the Lord. The Lord is a very important part because as you worship at Christmas this year, as you worship in a moment through your offerings and through your gifts to His work in your life and through this house, this family of faith, Christ the Lord is equally as important a part of your salvation as the Savior is. What does Lord mean? Lord means that you acknowledge someone has more authority over your life than you do yourself. Lord is kind of one of those medieval terms, but it goes back even further than that. A Lord was someone who had reign and authority over a region, over a group. To acknowledge Jesus Christ as Savior, Messiah, and Lord is to acknowledge Him as King over your life. But here's the fascinating thing for you as a child of God, even right now as you worship Christ throughout this Christmas. There are all kinds of lords in the world, just like there are all kinds of stories of redemption. Not all those stories of redemption are the same. They don't equal salvation. One does. Not all lords are the same. You see, most lords demand obedience. Most lords demand servitude. And how do they get that obedience and that servitude? By power, by exercising authority. Therefore, the servants of that Lord do so out of fear. Jesus, a Savior, Christ, the Lord, He was born as a baby. They gave this title to a baby. A baby is not going to demand anything. And Jesus, as he came as Savior, as he grew up as Christ, and as he died as Lord, he simply offered to his people the opportunity to choose. Choose. Will you receive the gift of the Savior, Christ, your Lord? Surrender by faith of the will of the heart, of the desires, and acknowledge Savior, Christ, the Lord. That's who the angels told the shepherds was born. It was a fulfillment of all the prophecies that we've read so far. And then there was a response. That's the third thing that stands out. Because as the angels made this proclamation of who this Savior would be, they said, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, 
peace among people with whom he is pleased. Once you have responded to Jesus as the one who is the Redeemer, the Redeemer of your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, the Redeemer of your life, the only one who can save and redeem your time, Jesus, God's only Son, who is Christ the Lord, then there is a response. And that response, the angels give us a clue. And this is the response that I would encourage you to remember this Christmas. Glory to God. Glory to God. Have you given glory to God lately in the midst of the seasons of life that you're walking through? Because I can tell you there is no peace on earth without turning to Jesus and saying glory to God for a Savior who is a Redeemer in my time, in my generation. Glory to God. The angels saying that, not just the first one, but the multitude of angels. All of the world was set on this point this point of this child, this Savior, Christ the Lord, bring, being born. And all of the angels in the heavens proclaimed glory to God in the highest. Meaning that this moment was a significant moment for you, for I, for the redemption of humanity throughout all of history. This was God's Son born to rescue us. And what does the story represent? It represents peace on earth. There is no peace without Jesus. There is no peace on earth without Jesus. There is no peace in your life without Jesus. There is no peace in your relationships without Jesus. There is no peace in your pursuits without Jesus. There is no peace in your career without Jesus. There is no peace in your home without Jesus. There is no redemption of anything unless Jesus enters your heart. But once you choose to receive the gift of Christ, the Savior, the Lord, by faith, then all of a something, all of a sudden, something happens within. There is a peace of existence, knowing that you are at peace with God because you have been redeemed by a Savior. There is a peace in your direction. You begin to know that God has a purpose for your life and a direction for your life. Even though you may not see it currently, God is in charge of your life. God is in charge of your direction. All of a sudden there's a peace in your relationships because even though you may be at odds with someone else because of opinion or feeling, yet there is a peace where you know there is a divine presence that you follow that allows you to forgive. To believe for the better. To trust God to work out the details. That is the presence that comes from knowing Jesus. The peace that comes into your relationships. There's a peace in your job. It may not be your dream job or it may not be fulfilling as you think. But there's a peace of knowing the Lord is with me in this. And I will see better days. So I will be faithful with where I've been placed. Peace, peace only comes when Jesus rests in your heart over all circumstances. Peace in your mind when your thoughts don't add up. Peace in your soul because you know you've been redeemed. Peace. And that's what God offered when he sent his son to anyone who would receive it. Do you feel the peace of God right now? Because if your relationship with the Savior is solid, then you are under the peace 
on earth with the people for whom God is pleased. One final thing happened in this story. The shepherds, they went immediately after hearing all of this about who Christ was, what Christ would do. And they came in a hurry and they found Mary and Joseph just as it had been said. It wasn't made up. It wasn't a myth. It was real. It happened in a historical place at a historical moment in history that, by the way, divides B.C. from A.D., right? Before Christ to after the year of our Lord. It's something that set the world in motion for the redeemed, and yet, ever since then, people have questioned, wondered, battled to silence it. But for those who know the story of redemption, the story of the only one who can save, the only one who can redeem their life, God's only Son, Jesus Christ the Lord, then what do they do? They make it known. They make it known. The greatest expression of who you are as a child of God, of the legitimacy of your faith, of how much you value the gift of salvation that you have received, the greatest statement of your faith, genuinely of a salvation, not just eternal, but today, the greatest statement is how much you make it known. When something good happens, you receive a good gift, you make it known. When you love someone or you love to do something, you make it known. When we love the Savior, we make it known. You see, our faith is deeply personal. Christmas is deeply personal. Jesus, our Savior, is a deeply personal commitment. But it's never private. It doesn't work to say, well, my religion is private. Yeah, that's probably the issue is that you're holding on to religion, but not to Jesus. Because once you've been redeemed by Jesus, it's not private. You make it known. The shepherds went... And they made it known. Mary is there with Jesus. And what does she begin to do? She begins to treasure the whole thing within her heart. Pondering it all within her heart. Holding deeply to it all within her heart. And then what does the rest of her life reveal? She walks side by side with the Savior. Even the Savior that would redeem her. Today, there's a very simple moment for you. As a person with whom God loves and sends a gift and desires is a very simple moment. It happens in a few ways. The first and probably the most significant is that when you realize it's time for you to receive the gift, not to say no to God, but to say yes to Him. God, you desire to redeem me. You desire to redeem my purpose, my pathway my life and the only way I get there is by saying yes to Jesus that's the first step in your pathway of redemption and for some of you this Christmas the best step that you can take is to move from religion or maybe your own rebellion and to move into that relationship with God through his son the redeemer Jesus Christ the Lord who has come to save your life
And by faith, you can say yes to Him today. That is a response. That is a response to say yes to Jesus. Likewise, perhaps this Christmas, you've already made that commitment at some other point in your life. And you know it. It's settled. It's secure. You remember it. Maybe it was with a friend. Maybe it was in church. Maybe you've done that with a family member before. But you remember it and you did it. But you're not walking in it. You've secured something for eternity. But you're not living in the present with the gift of Jesus. And perhaps this Christmas, it's your turn. And this is a response to say, Jesus, moving forward, as I finish what is in the past and I look forward to what's ahead, Jesus, it's time for me to walk with you. You are a God who is present. And I'm ready to move forward with you now. And then also, maybe, perhaps, it becomes tangible for you. The angels saying, glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. Maybe for you it's tangible. It's time to express that. To make it known. Maybe it's to make it known with your family this Christmas. Hey, this Christmas, I want to get right with God and I want to get right with Jesus. I want to live by it in 2022. That's tangible. Maybe it's beginning to say, look, hey, there's all kinds of variants out there, but I'm going to get back in church. Because getting right with God and getting right in worship with Him is what's going to carry my life forward in redemption, my soul forward in redemption. What's going to move me out of darkness and control and fear into faith and hope and life. That's who the Redeemer is, and maybe it's time to do that. And then quite frankly and honestly, I always find that people give to what they love. If you love your kids this Christmas, what have you done? <laughs> You've bought them gifts. If you love your spouse, what have you done? You've bought them gifts. If you love your boyfriend, your girlfriend, right? What have you done? You've bought them gifts. And if you haven't, you better get busy, right? Because you're like, oh man, I'm behind the curve. You got a week. But I give to what I love. I serve what I love. I bring my best to what I genuinely, authentically love. I give to what I really believe in. This morning as we think about our Christmas offering as a church, I can't think of a greater place to be redeeming the time. Two shutdowns. Who knows? They're probably going to try to bring a third, right? <laughs> and I'm not making light of that. That's real. But I'm not living by the noise. I have a home that's not of this world. I have something that I believe in that's beyond all of that. And I know that's what I live for. That's what we live for. That's what this house is about. Two rebuilding efforts. <laughs> We've been hit each year by a storm. And you know what? We're still here even better perhaps than we were before and you know what when I think about Jesus and I think about this Christmas this gift this next year I know that if we we sons and daughters children of God who've been rescued and redeemed by the Savior if we get in on his work there's no stopping 
the supernatural, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Savior, Prince of Peace, Emmanuel, who is with his people. And with that, my heart is ready to give. And not just a regular gift. (laughs) I'm thankful for his church. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for him. I'm thankful that we are a people who's redeeming the time. So I want to pray for us. In just a moment, we're going to have the opportunity to give. Those of you online, I want to pray for you. In just a moment, you're going to have the opportunity to give. But before we do, as we pray, let's get right with Jesus, Christ, the Savior, our Lord. Father, as we now... All of us humble our hearts. We bow before you in worship. There's some business that must be done. There are some today, your very children, sons and daughters, who have never by choice surrendered their hearts by faith to say, I need you, Jesus, to save me. Jesus, I want you to change my life. Jesus, I want the peace of God right now. And for those, your sons and daughters, who know that to be true within their soul, it's not an act of religion or ritual that's going to save them right now. It's an act of total faith and humility to say, yes, Jesus, I need you. Forgive me of my sins. Rescue my heart. Come into my life as a living Savior. And today, right now, I want to be your child. If that is genuinely the prayer of your heart and for the first time you've meant that, then I just want you to say thank you to Jesus. Thank you to God. For those of you who have done that and done that before now as you pray I want you to be able to say glory to you God Jesus you are the one who brings peace Jesus right now I want you to fill my heart and my life with your peace and your joy Jesus I want you to move my life forward with you Today, God, as your Holy Spirit has filled this room, as you speak to those online, we thank you for the greatest gift of all, your Son, our Savior, Jesus, our Redeemer. And God, right now, as you fill the hearts of your children, sons and daughters with your presence and the peace of what this season really means, we say thank you. We love you, and we worship you, and we just want to make it known. So even now as we give, be honored in Jesus' name. Amen.